Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. In today's episode, we're going to dive into single-family homes versus condos. One of the most common questions we get from home buyers is asking the differences between the two, which one is better, the pros and cons. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today and elaborate on single-family homes, also going to talk about condos. We're going to talk about the benefits, if you will, the pros of each, as well as the cons. Josh, what do you hear? Like when people are asking you that question, what what comes to mind first? And then we can dive into it. So think about it. There's a, a minority of people who would prefer a condo for whatever reason, stage of life. They don't want to do maintenance. They travel a lot. Um, and then there is a majority of people who are adamant that I want a house. I've lived in an apartment, um, whatever. They say, I want a yard. I want to have my dog run free. I want to put in a pool. I want to paint it canary yellow. Ooh, so it, it, it's funny. People come into one or two camps, right? Um, there's not a whole lot of people in the middle. But the reason why you and I are getting this question so much right now is with prices high, condos definitely sell at a discount relative to single family residences. So people always want to ask the question, um, would you do it? Would you would you buy a condo? Is it worth it to buy a condo? Am I better off just to continue renting? So uh, again, there are people that are adamant condo owners and there's people that are like never condo. They're never, they're never Trumpers. They're never condo owners. Well, so, well, so, well, one thing you mentioned there that I want to be clear on, because we might have some friends watching from from places like Toronto or some of these these other markets. In some markets, condos are the bread and butter in those areas, and and they, you know, you make, made a mention a moment ago how sometimes condos are more affordable than single family homes. There are areas where condos are actually more expensive than maybe single family homes just because of the location being downtown. Like say New York, if you're in the city, you know, what we would think of as is more of a condo. I mean, hell, some of these things are 40, 50 million dollars. So obviously local, but what we're primarily talking about here is is you know, your first time home buyer going in to buy these things. Yeah, really, because in general, when we're having this conversation, it's an affordability issue. So Hold on, you're not talking to New Yorkers looking to buy $50 million no, condos? No, no, uh, we, we don't talk to a lot of those folks because that's a whole different world. They're, they're wanting a, a lifestyle of their uh, high-rise penthouse condo, um, which is way different from this. So when we're talking about affordability, um, it becomes what do you give up? going into a common interest development like a condominium and what do you get because it's not all it's not all lost there's things that you get that you don't uh re receive in in a single family single family you're a lone wolf you're on your own no one's going to come over and mow your yard for you no one's going to paint the house no one's going to fix the roof when it leaks so um with that sort of as a background uh where do you want to go from there jeff well josh i think you made mention there that you know it's you know, people have a, a misconception, if you will, is like, you know, a, a single family home, I'm a single family homeowner, I never want to consider a condo because of these things or, you know, and or vice versa, they don't 
there is a middle ground in, in thinking about these things. There are definitely pros of having a condo. I mean, in fact, I have some clients that are looking to buy right now. They live in Canada. They're looking to buy a condo here in Huntington Beach. They don't want a single family home. Why? Well, because they want to just be able to lock the door, shut, you know, the gate, the community itself is gated and they want to be able to leave and go to Canada and not have to worry about the security of somebody breaking and entering and the maintenance of the, of the, the, the home while they're gone. So to each his own, right. And, and really more so now than, than any other time, I think condos are becoming more and more popular because of affordability, because so many people have been stretched with regards to their budgets, affordability has come into play. And so now the condo might be the only thing that you can, you know, you might be able to afford or even consider. And now when we talk about condos, there's a couple of different types of properties we can be referring to. Townhomes, we're kind of lumping these all together to some extent. And we'll kind of talk about a little bit of the differences here, but we're talking primarily attached properties versus freestanding single family homes. So Josh, let's, let's start by talking about single family homes, because that's what most people are probably familiar with more so than anything else. Also, you know, the acronym SFR is, is commonly used, which is single family home. So let's talk about the pros first off, like, what do you get when buying a single family home? What's the advantage of owning a single family home versus say an attached property, like a condo? Most single family residences, don't have a homeowners association. Some do. So there's definitely planned communities where you have gates and you have common interests and you have the, the pool and those amenities. But for the most part, what would you say? 70, 80, 85% of homes, you own the home and you are the decision maker. So although every one of your neighbors may have a home in a different shade of beige, if you want yours purple with candy cane stripes on it, you can do We're that. Really getting good here. That, yeah. And that may be a pro to you. It right. can also be a con if you're one of the neighbors that someone can move in and paint their house purple with candy cane stripes on it. And I, I joke, but I don't know if you remember about 15 years ago, Madonna had a rad house up in Beverly Hills and she painted it yellow with, with candy cane stripes on it. Her neighbors were losing their minds, but there was nothing that they could do about it. So the pro is it's yours. You can do what you want. It goes and, and is built to your taste. I mean, obviously you have codes. The, the city and county government can say, no, you can't put a fourth story on your single family residence here. Um, but for the most part, you have autonomy to do what you want with that house. And to a lot of people, that is a huge benefit. So an example, last year, um, those of you that watched the live know I put a pool in my backyard. So we had a backyard, we preferred a pool. And so we did that. We didn't have to ask anyone. We didn't have to see if it was okay, if the HOA was okay with it. Um, we called some contractors, we got some permits with the city and we got that done. So from mild to wild, anything you wanna do with your house, you have the ability to do that. That would be probably the, the number one benefit. The, the second one, would you say, Jeb, or would you agree that most people, it's a little bit of space. You have a right. yard, front yard, right. backyard, offsets from from your neighbors. No, yeah, that that is definitely number two. But before we get into that, I want to go back. You just used the 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 reference or the statement from mild to wild. Yeah, where yeah. Where, where that should be coined. There should be some <laughs> sort of trademark on this thing. We're 
we're going to get more educated home buyer t-shirts done and we'll have more of the taglines. The These back. are good. Uh, but no, the, the second one, definitely space. I mean, that is, you know, I'm from North Carolina being from rural Eastern North Carolina, you have land, you know, I never even knew what a condo was growing up. Uh, but you, you know, and, and why does, why do people need land? Why do they want a yard for many reasons? Some people have kids, they want to run around. Some people want to work on cars or store cars on their yard or farm equipment or whatever, depending on where you are, you might do different things with your land, but the ability to do it and have it, I think is part of, you know, what people want, right? They don't want someone being, you know, telling them what they can and can't do, um, which we'll talk about here in, in when we talk about condos in a little bit more detail, but yeah, having the space to be able to run around, like you mentioned a moment ago, you know, doing pools and upgrades, well, if you have the smaller lot, you can't do these additions. You can't do these additional things to your home that that you might want to do that at the end of the day sometimes also adds value to your property. So having the ability to to not only paint your house or add additions to it or or pools or what have you, having space is probably one, I would say probably the most important thing when I talk to clients that are looking for single family homes. That's that's first and foremost for them is is having the space because I think it gives them more of a freedom space from their neighbors, not feeling like somebody is watching them or up on top of them, um, you know, and, and what else, you know, what do you think of what space? Because I'm thinking Here's, North Carolina in my head, right? I'm thinking farmland, no, I'm thinking uh, all different types of things. But I mean, all you know, of those things in California, well, it's different. Think about something kind of similar to us here in Southern California. My in-laws live in, in Western Washington in Olympia, just south of Seattle. They have a half acre lot. I mean, it would be their, their the funny thing is their house is worth about 50% uh, of ours. And if it were here, it would be worth probably five times what ours is because of the size of that lot. It's a newer home built 20 years ago, bigger. It's a bitchin' house. Um, but that land is is a value and sometimes you have to move to different areas to be able to get that if i decide i want a half acre i'm not getting it in orange county because i don't have millions of dollars to buy a home with a half acre lot one of the things though jeb when you were talking about space and saying hey you want to work on cars what i'm picking up from what i said and also what you said all of the pros here of a single family residence can also be a con i may or may not be talking about one of my neighbors but I know for a fact why they bought their house is it has a three-car garage with a three-car driveway. And then across the street from us, there's the side of a cul-de-sac. So it just so happens that this person who may or may not be my neighbor has three cars in his garage, three cars in his driveway, and five more cars parked down the street at all times because he bought that house so that he could have a menagerie of cars. So you may say, hey, Josh, that's awesome. Your neighborhood has no HOA and you can paint your house purple if you want. But I also can't tell this guy, hey, the HOA says you can't have 11 cars at your house. So every, every positive of a single family and not dealing with an HOA also can have a, a negative to it, whether it's your neighbor doing something ugly to their house, storing stuff, um, noises uh, at different hours of the night that an HOA would never tolerate, but that that don't necessarily violate city codes, things things of that sort. So there's there's pros and cons of, of, of each. And Jeb, the, the funny part, we'll get to it a little bit later. I happen to have a vacation home that's a condo that is very, very similar to my house, but it's a condo. 
and uh, when, we, when we get to the end of it, I, I kind of want to give you my take on on both of them of what I what I love about each and what I hate about each. No, and you made a, a reference there to something too that you know a, a pro on the on the on the single family side is that parking is typically not an issue um, with with single family homes. Now, in some neighborhoods, it can be if everybody parks on the street, it's more of a problem. But I can think of several communities here locally in Huntington Beach, even the community where your where your father's place was that you have now as a rental parking is a nightmare and yep. so if you have multiple cars if you have kids and your kids are going to turn 16 or whatever age and they're going to have a car the single family home not all condo associations are like this many are not but just as many probably are um, where parking is an issue so single family home definitely pro side is is the ability to have probably additional parking without you know, having to worry about, um, you know, fighting for it or what have you. But I think the most important thing for a lot of people, in addition to the things we've mentioned, is appreciation over time, Josh. Having a single family home, typically that home is going to gain more equity in the long term than those of a condo. Wouldn't you say that's true? I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. They don't they don't go up at a similar rate. Um, we've talked about here for us in Southern California, Homes along the coast, when the market goes up, they'll go up first and fastest. And when they come down, they'll come down last and least. So they're the most stable. Um, and we talk about homes inland, like way inland, like Victorville, that type of area. Out in Riverside, San Bernardino, they go up last and they fall first in prices. Well, condos are somewhat similar because they're a similar play. Why does someone move out to the, the high desert in Southern California versus living at the ocean? They do it for affordability. So as a market drops, they'll come back in sooner and those prices will drop more as things get more affordable. So condos are very similar in that way. I would absolutely say they're gonna go up in value later than uh, single families, but at, at the tail end of a boom, they can be appreciating at a slightly higher rate as they're more affordable and there's more potential buyers for it. Um, it's just uh, more like the, the example we used to use, but no one really thinks of it this way anymore. But it, around 2000, the NASDAQ stocks, they could go to the moon, but they were super volatile and they could drop fast. Condos were kind of like the NASDAQ stock. The, the, over time, they were gonna go up almost as much or as much as a single family home. They're just more volatile. So it's something to be aware of because again, we started off the show by saying, the majority of people, whether it's 60% or 80% that are going to buy a home would rather buy a single family than a condo. So condo for a lot of people, especially at this point in the market cycle is an affordability issue versus a desirability issue. So they're looking to move to a condo uh, from a condo to a single family when possible. Now you said something important there. I mean, and it's stability, right? They hold their, they hold their, their value probably better than those of a condo, which is probably the right words to say versus appreciation. But what I will say is that single family homes are always going to be in most areas are always going to be more expensive. Um, and so if you own your property outright, your single family home is typically going to be worth more than the condo um, in most markets. But Enough about that. Let's talk about the downsides. What are the downsides of owning a single family home? Josh, we talked about, you know, the ability to be able to paint it and make it your own, but that kind of falls into one of the categories where it's a con as well, talking about the maintenance of a property. 
So yeah, it's it's all of that exterior maintenance. So with the condo, if your garbage disposal breaks, you're still going to replace it. If the toilet's running, you're going to call the plumber. Um, if it's 50 years old and out of style and you want to update it, that's all still going to fall on you. No different than a single family. But the roof leaks, that's that falls under the association. If um, the the parking area, the the carport, if it collapses and falls over, that's on the association. The the parts, uh, all of the common areas, like if you have patios and there's any plantings or anything inside there, you're probably going to be responsible for that. But the vast majority of the landscape, is, landscaping is going to fall on the association. So it's an easier lifestyle for you. So you're not paying for it other than in your homeowners association dues. Um, and you're not paying for it in time, effort and energy. Like a homeowner, you're either going to pay a gardener or you're gonna get your butt out there and you're gonna mow your lawn and, and trim the bushes. So for a lot of people, that's desirable. A lot of people in this day and age travel a lot, whether it's for business, whether it's personal, and they don't want to be tied to the home maintenance of the ongoing stuff or the big one-time expenses to the exterior of your home as they wear out over time. Yeah, no, I would say those are deaf. I mean, the biggest con is, is obviously the expense of owning a single family home versus, you know, an attached property like a condo. Um, secondly, usually a more expensive, like we, we talked about a minute ago, which is going to be a larger down payment in many cases. Um, you know, it's going to mean a, a bigger monthly payment in, mo in most cases. Um, and then if you, if you, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about HOA several times in this, in this video without going into detail. I want to be clear here. We are going to talk about HOA a little bit at the end of this video, um, just to give you some more clarity on, on what we're talking about here, but you know, maintenance, uh, more expensive, any, any other downsides really to, to owning a single family home, Josh, that you can think of? Nothing really that, that jumps out at me, um, I mean, what the, the cons that we just mentioned for single family homes kind of take us in the pro into what the pros are for a condo. Uh, but I think the downsides of a condo are way larger than anything else um, for for most people. So let's talk about the pros of owning um, a condo for a second. Less maintenance. You just talked about that. Um, usually less expensive to purchase up front. Those are really the the two pros that I think of when thinking of of condos versus single family homes. Maybe uh, security, like we mentioned earlier, the ability just to lock up and, and leave and and less to worry about when you live in a condo community, less things could go wrong while you're gone. Um, but the list of cons, I think, is probably longer than everything we've discussed. And we've talked about a lot of these, but let's let's talk about the first one, HOA. Now, HOA is, is, is a governing body over your community. It's a homeowners association, and that body is there. And when I say that body, it's a, it's a group of people elected by the community to serve um, and basically help, you know, maintain that community. They, you, you vote them into to position, and, and they are there to obviously help make uh, enforce the rules of the community. Um, and, and so with that, that's a downside for a lot of people because there's, you know, seven, five, seven people, depending on how big the community is on a board that's making decisions on behalf of an entire community. I mean, I live in a community that has a homeowners association. It manages a community of 453 homes There's seven people on a board. I've served on that board, so I know how this works. So there's seven people making decisions for an entire complex. That can be a downside for a lot of people, Josh. 
it can be a downside and a lot of it comes down to how it's managed and how well it's managed. So let's kind of use three examples. You talked about the, the condo that my sister and I inherited from my dad. Um, they just raised our association dues to $536 a month. There's about 250 units in there. So you and I were doing some quick math, it's like $130,000 a month of dues. Um, and that complex is probably about a fifth of the size of yours with a third of the amenities. And we're paying $75 more a month in HOA. That's a management issue. It, and it's not, not even that. It's it's on probably what a fifth of the land. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it that is a management issue. Whoever has been managing our association did a poor job. So they've got behind and they have to save, uh, charge extra money to do deferred maintenance. Um, I really wish we. This is where I wish we had a video walkthrough so you could see. Um, my this complex is a converted apartment complex. So it's much smaller. Jeb's is, uh, there's nothing stacked. So everyone has a roof, a nice roof. They're painted repeatedly, um, many pools, large clubhouse. Like the, there's no comparison between these two developments. And yet we pay $70 more a month with a similar amount of units. So that's probably, I wouldn't say that's your biggest risk. So the risk of an HOA is that they don't manage the finances well, and you are not in charge of one of the costs of your housing expense. You know, no. when my dad first moved in, I think it was $154 a month. So we're talking 40 years, but $154 to $530. That's a, a lot. No, it is. And when and, and I made reference earlier in the video when I talked about condos, I said we're going to talk about condos, sometimes townhomes. What I live in is called a PUD. It's a, it's a planned unit development. It's actually considered a single family home. It's just attached on two walls. A lot of people refer to them as condos because they are attached. But we have that that governing body, that association that is there. And so even though this isn't your typical condo, a lot of the the cons that people associate with condos could still ring true when thinking about these things. So that's why we're kind of giving you some examples and breaking some of this stuff down for you to help you understand that even though it might not be exactly what you think of when you think of a condo, a lot of the 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 cons, if you will, are, are similar. Um, and, and so you made reference there just a moment ago about HOA dues going up over time. That is definitely probably the biggest con, right? It's, it's not necessarily the, the HOA that people have a problem with in many cases. It's the fact that they have very little control over the HOA dues actually increasing over time. Now, you could say a community is managed well, it won't increase. Yeah, it's still inflation. There are things that come into play, money they have to put into a reserve, you know, budget and what have you to fix roofs and streets and painting and whatever later on. For that reason, they have to maintain a certain amount every single month in the association. And as the cost to build and things change over time, those costs are going to increase. So you buy a single family home, you know, you have your mortgage payment. Once your mortgage is paid off, you, you, all you have left is your property taxes, right? And your homeowner's insurance, assuming you still want to insure your property. At that point, that isn't even required if you don't have a loan on the property. Whereas a condo, once your mortgage is paid, you still have an association fee in addition to your property taxes. So if you're on a fixed budget or something like that, you know, having these fees, you know, go in different directions can be a problem. And sometimes the association can come back and hit you with an assessment. If a community isn't funded properly and they've got to replace the roofs on these properties because they're deteriorating and they don't have enough money in the budget, guess what? They can come back to the community and say, 
you know, it's $3 million to do these roofs. We're going to divide it by the number of units. Okay. Each one of you owes us $20,000. That's and, a, that's a huge Jeff, negative for a lot of people. That's not, that's not crazy or unheard of, or only happens in a bad market. Like we had in 2008, I have a client that just bought up in San Jose that they were turned down by another lender. Cause there was special assessment coming. We were able to do the loan for him, but he knew it was disclosed to him throughout the process that a, somewhere in the next one to three months, they are going to pass a special assessment for $18,000 a unit um, in, in this place. And the good news is for them, it's going to take their HOA dues from $800 a month down to about 500 because they got that far behind it, that that's what they had to do. So Jeb, we've kind of hammered the financial aspects of an HOA. Yep. That's only one piece. The other side, you talked about you were on the board. Now you folks watching at home, imagine if Jeb had a say in the way your things were run, how how little fun that would be. I, <laughs> I, I kid, but let me tell you. So the place that I have out in Rancho Mirage in the desert, everyone who runs for the board and is on the board are full-time residents. The full-time residents of Rancho Mirage median age is about 86. So these are folks that have too much time on their hands, had um, big titles in the past, and now that they're retired, they don't have a title. So they love to go to the HOA board meetings and tell you how things are. The most absurd example I can give you, when we bought the place in 2010, we did a full gut remodel. We had engineer draw up plans. We went to city hall, they approved the plans stamped all good ready to go now we have to go to the hoa and their uh construction board has to approve it and they looked at it and they said this isn't right none of this meets code I'm like what are you talking about it was three guys who were contractors back in the 1970s they had no idea about modern construction standards but they knew everything all you had to do is ask them so we had about a five-week fight before they would acknowledge that yes, standards have changed and your plans actually match. So that was probably the worst one that we had there. The, the annoying little petty things that we have here recently, again, since 2010, we have had an ADT sign, security sign in the flower bed right in front of our front door. We got a violation notice that you're not allowed to have an ADT sign by your front door. It has to be by the front of the garage. And after 10 years, it was determined that this was a big problem and we had to rectify this. So I had to pull the stake out, walk around 20 feet and put it in in front of the garage. So now if someone wants to kick in my front door, they don't know that we have ADT because the sign's out by the garage. So I kid, but this is the silly, petty stuff that you deal with with HOAs. No, it is. And again, we're going to talk about HOAs more in another podcast, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But we, we, we're, we're really sounds like we're shitting on condos here and we're not. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk, you know, again, because, condos because Jeb, with thing. all, with all that said, I love my place out in the desert. And, and like, I, if we were to sit here, I could tell you pro or con, like all, as I'm reading these, I'm like, I, I don't know. I might lean towards living full-time in the place in the desert. That's a Listen, condo. I live in an, in an association that has an, I mean, I live in a property that has an association so I can, but I don't have some of these other things that we're going to mention right now. So, you can't, you know, condos, you can't, you don't have control of the exterior, right? The association controls that exterior. So that's a con for a lot of people. Typically you have smaller patios on condos. So you don't have the yard. If you have kids and you want to put a playground or something or a tree house or whatever, you don't have the ability to do that when you live in an association pets, you know, if you have a big dog and, you know, I often have people reaching out to me saying, Hey, listen, you know, I want to buy a property. Okay, what are you looking to buy? Well, I'd, I'd like a single family home. And then we look at their budget and go, I definitely can't afford a single family home. Well, I'll consider a condo, but the only way I can do it is if I have a big patio. Why? Well, because I have a big dog. Well, 
a lot of times that's a negative in condos. You can't, it's, you don't have the space in many cases to have that big dog. Some, some associations have restrictions on the types of dogs you can have, or maybe even the number of dogs you can have. The size of the dog. The size of the dog. So there's just restrictions in there that are a problem for a lot of people. And I think one of the, one of the most common things I hear in addition to all of the things that we've mentioned is I don't want to have attached walls with my neighbor. I don't want to hear what my neighbor's doing next door. I don't want to hear him yelling. Don't want to hear people walking above me or, or me not being able to wear my high heels on the wood floor because somebody downstairs is going to complain. That's a real thing in condos more so than anything else. Walls were thin, especially when they were built in the sixties and seventies, you get a little bit more noise. You get to know what's going on in your neighbor's house, whether or not you want to, um, so that can be a downside for for some people. Like I said, I live in a property that has attached walls or it's a single family attached, like I mentioned. So I don't have any idea what's going on in the neighbors next door, but we do share common walls, which can be a problem for a lot of people out there, Josh. No, it, it's funny. Our place in the desert, it just so happens that um, our neighbor to the other side of me is a girl I went to high school with and her husband. And they're super cool, super good neighbors. But last Saturday, they wanted to rock out a little bit. So, you know, you, you got to roll with the punches. and You got to be OK listening to a, a little bit of their music. So kind of in in wrapping it up, uh, like you said, Jeb, I, I don't want to dump all over HOAs because I can tell you there's pros and cons of each. Everyone who thinks having a single family residence and living in a neighborhood that doesn't have an HOA is is all wine and roses is crazy. There are disputes among neighbors over silly stuff like this all the time. And then inside of an HOA, Jeb, I know you've had issues with, with your, your HOA management. I've had issues with the management at both of my places, but um, it's not like we haven't had issues with neighbors uh, as well. So there's pros and cons to everything. Be aware of them. Go in with your eyes wide open. I would say, Jeb, the biggest piece of advice I have for someone considering a condo is pay close attention to the financials yes. um, when when you're buying. Cool. I like that. It looks beautiful. I could see my family living there. It's where I want to be. Now you're in contract. They have to disclose to you the, the financials and the budget, and you need to go through it and go through it with your realtor who's probably seen more of them than you have and make sure that everything looks good because that... Um, that's more likely to be a problem than having an over-aggressive board that's difficult uh, towards you. And with that, you can knock on a couple doors of neighbors and ask them what they think. No, that, that's great advice. I mean, the last thing is too, in addition to that, look at the minutes. The minutes are what the board meets about in most recent meetings that maybe these things haven't been enforced yet. So maybe the dues are going up, but they just talked about it and or they've talked about assessments, but nothing's in writing yet with regards to the assessment taking place. The minutes discloses this sort of thing. So not only looking at the financials, like Josh said, you want to have a budget, you want to have reserves, you want to be able to, and maybe you're not the, you know, the math guru or the person that's really good with numbers, but what you definitely don't want to see negatives on, on these, you know, on the reserve studies and what have you. Um, but read the minutes, see what the community is talking about, see what projects, improvements they're talking about. Where's that money going to come from? These are, these are really, really important things. You don't want to get into a property buy it and find out immediately HOA dues are going up and, and, uh, and assessments are happening. And also another thing you can do, have your agent, if you're considering a condo, go back and pull you like a five, 10 year history of HOA dues in that community. Cause we have access to the MLS. We can go see when property sold, go look to see what the association dues were 10 years ago, see what they were every year since then. Because if you're in a community where 
repeatedly every year it goes up 30, 50 bucks, probably look somewhere else. I can name a community right off the top of my head here in Huntington Beach that has a problem. Every year it goes up. Whereas I live in a community, we actually reduced the dues three years in a row. That's unheard of. The dues, in fact, I bought the property 10 years ago. The dues right now are less than when I bought it 10 years ago because the community's managed well and you know things are taken care of. There's money in the reserves, all of that stuff. That stuff is super, super important and I can't stress it enough. And so, as I mentioned earlier, not crapping on HOAs. I live in, in a property that has an HOA. Just make sure when you're considering condos that have associations, you do the things we talked about, Josh. And so a moment ago, we talked about HOAs. I said I would talk about them in a little bit more detail. We're reaching the end here, kind of our 30 minutes. What I think we should do, Josh, is jump into another episode where we talk about HOAs in detail, maybe some of the pros and cons. And a lot of them we've touched on, but we can give some really good stories um, in that example and, and help you know those listening become the educated home buyer. So we appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate you listening. We will uh, talk to you soon. Have a great day. Awesome. Bye-bye. See you. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.